0: Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to spend some time in one of your favorite semiconductor companies, Intel. The company just had a conference or just presented at the Deutsche Bank tech conference, and we did see a lot of great information for investors. I do believe the stock was up a nice amount yesterday. We can see year to date, the stock is up over almost 37%. So I know investors are excited right now. On today's episode, I want to cover three main topics that were discussed during this kind of tech conference. The first one is going to be just a quick market overview. The second is going to be AI. I actually believe I have those um, in reverse order. I believe AI is going to be first. And the final thing is going to be a lot more discussion on their manufacturing endeavors. And I do believe it's a lot of great information here. So stay tuned and let's take a closer look in today's episode. All right. So first, I want to take a closer look at AI. I do believe this is probably the most popular topic. Like I mentioned at the end, I want to talk about manufacturing. I do believe the manufacturing is getting good, good traction. main reason the stock price was up on Friday Uh, but one of the questions was like hey on the AI front are GPUs crowding out CPUs is that a permanent trend and just generally speaking how is Intel going to address AI and this is probably one of the big questions right now this kind of huge kind of influx of investment going into things like accelerators there is a lot of discussions happening um, globally where hey look CPUs are gonna die off and no one's gonna use CPUs anymore it's just gonna be a GPU market that's not Necessarily the case, uh, but let's take a closer look at what Pat Gelsinger, the CEO of Intel, said. So first, they mentioned that hey, look, they are launching the AI PC with Meteor Lake. Meteor Lake is their next client consumer uh, processor, and that will include neural accelerators. And the reason they, they he, he, he even end up giving an example of why you need to bring AI to your local devices. This is something that we talked about in the past. Uh, for example, he mentioned in Zoom, real time language. Translations, right? We're seeing a lot of this where um, there are video streaming um, video call companies that are talking about real time language translation where I could be talking in one language, but you will be hearing me and seeing the translation real time on the language, uh, your native language, right? So that can obviously run in the cloud, um, but it will be re- very expensive. It will ha- be really slow um, and high latency. And for that reason, you're going to have to kind of reduce the cost, reduce the, uh, increase the speed, and reduce the latency. And that's where you're going to bring these AI processors to the edge where your local device will be able to do most of that. Um, so they do mention, uh, oh, Pat Gilslinger mentions that, hey, look, our first one of our biggest move in AI is going to be to bring a lot of this computing power to the edge Um, and this is going to be very important um, especially as things like internet of things devices continue to grow and grow over time they do mention that one of the strengths of intel is they have a huge volume in products right they have they're the top player in data center they are the top player in forms of um, consumer products as well when we take a closer look at processors so they have that volume right and that's going to be a huge huge kind of um, strength for them as the as the market continues to evolve. Then they obviously go out there and talk a little bit about this GPU and the CPU market. And I do want to say they throw a little bit of shots at my favorite semiconductor company here, NVIDIA he kind of goes, hey, look, NVIDIA, they worked hard to have a great leadership position. But right now, there's a bit of false economy there. There's huge demand. Average sale price are high. Supply chains are constrained. People are double, triple booking. And all these kinds of things are underway. A lot of the people are showing up in Including them to compete for those markets. Uh, They did mention that they've seen a rapid expansion of their Gaudi pipeline. They are building their supply chains to get much larger for their footprint there as they start competing as well as others will start competing for those. So pretty interesting to see. Hey, look, they're kind of showcasing that right now it's kind of a false economy in the market here. Um, Definitely we would have to see right Jensen obviously because he has ties to Nvidia being the CEO of Nvidia um, would probably disagree Um, And obviously here, we're going to have someone in the other end of the spectrum by saying, hey, look, uh, GPUs are cool, but CPUs are cooler. Um, And he kind of talks a little bit about the CPU versus GPUs at play. And they do mention there's a lot of different laws here. One of the laws is economics, right? So obviously, GPUs can run certain software and certain applications at a faster rate. But what if that application is only 10% of your workload? What if you have general... Uh, kind of general applications or general purpose solutions that use the other 90%. There's no point in you kind of buying... A GPU, um, if you're only going to use it for ten percent of your workload. So uh, that's kind of uh, what there's. He mentions right now. He's right, saying that there's kind of a euphoria happening in the AI market right now. Um, But they are still growing with their products. For example, Sapphire Rapids, right? Sapphire Rapid, which is their current um, server CPU. Between a quarter to a third of today's sales are driven by AI use cases, uh, and that's ramping up pretty, pretty nicely. So overall they expect to see more moderation there they're going to be competing more for the gpu and accelerator but they also see workload driving energies that will create opportunities for the cpu market Uh, so pretty much everyone can win here not just one player and that's pretty much what pat mentioned Um, Next, I want to take a closer look at their overall overview of the market. But before, I want to say thank you guys for the support. We just hit 27.7. I'm trying to hit 30,000 subs by the end of the year. So if you haven't, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you guys can't tell, I enjoy the semiconductor market, both from experience and education. I do have weekly videos coming out on my membership. Make sure to click join to learn more. Uh, If you want a special offer, check out fool.com slash Jose for a special offer at the fool.com. If you want, a free newsletter check out jose and if you want semiconductor news and in a, a great place I have created this amazing website, semiconductorwatch.com where I will be posting uh, numerous articles about the semiconductor space, even companies that are not popular. I've talked about AMD, about Google, about NVIDIA in the past, and we're going to see a a few more articles about Intel coming in there within the next few hours. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. And finally, Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. All right. So next, I want to take a closer look at the market overview. Uh, So they talk a little bit about their client market, their data center market, and more importantly, their foundry market. Um, They do mention that they do see modest growth in their client business going forward. They are now getting market share back to historical levels, and they do think that AIPC, what we were just talking about, will be a nice accelerant upgrade cycle, but nothing too, too crazy. They do mention that, hey, look, the client market is looking good right now. They do mention, hey, look the data center market obviously is at a cyclical low and their products are at the moment not competitive they lost share but now they're getting better products associated with that and they believe that they'll start doing better on the data center business going forward and they believe that AI accelerators and other aspects of the data center will be a meaningful contributor over a multi-year base Um, the final thing that they're talking about is the foundry business the foundry business ends up sort of being the last big factor for them near term they're saying they're seeing extraordinary amount of interest of the advanced packaging technologies which is a great move and they're starting to win some of these whale customers and the prepay was a great proof point that we're making progress here Uh, so i'm talking about that in the manufacturing aspect but they did mention that they got a really nice pre Pay for their 188 manufacturing node, which is very, very exciting. Um, but they do mention that foundry wafer customers don't materialize for several years, right? Because you got to win their design, then you got to get their designs done, and then they ramp the wafer. So that really starts contributing on a multi-year basis but that's on track uh, so that's great news they do mention inventory levels are also solid they're going into their next major product right now which is meteor lake uh, which will usher in the aipc generation um, they do mention the data center market is kind of seeing a little bit of the weakness they said that quarter three was going to be down a bit from quarter two and right now they are kind of seeing exactly what they thought they would see On the right end, though, they do mention that taking all of those things together at this point, they say they are above the midpoint of their guidance for quarter three. So they're feeling good about quarter three as that progresses. Uh, So overall, another great news, I do believe probably a good portion of that revenue is going to become coming from. The client business and also the data center business, but more in the AI accelerators opposed to their CPU. I do believe they're still seeing that weakness in the CPU market as they continue to lose maybe market share to AMT there. Um, now, the final thing I want to talk about, guys, is the manufacturing. And remember, Intel is trying to hit five nodes in four years, uh, and they're doing pretty good. They Obviously, Intel 7 is done. Uh, they mentioned Intel 4 with Meteor Lake is nicely on track, and that will be coming out later this year. It's ramping up in crazy, crazy volume productions and, and, cu- and coming out in quarter four. They do mention Intel 4 is looking great, which is that Meteor Lake. Intel 3, which is Sierra and Grand Night. Intel 3 is going to be mainly led by server products. Those are server CPU products. is looking great. Um, and then Intel 20A is their next client generation products, which will be Arrow Lake. And that is looking very good right now. Um, they already taking up the volume expectations on their internal factories there. Now they mention Intel 18A. That's going to be the uh, kind of the two nanometer node, uh, though is sort of critical, and that is the critical completion point, right? So they're kind of seeing there. But on the bright news, they do mention that they received a large customer prepay of 18A capacity. So now customers are getting confident enough that they're putting their dollars on their balance sheet to accelerate their 18A capacity. And I think this is insane because they have talked about some other companies, I believe like Ericsson, that kind of went with their 18A product. Uh, but here this is a large customer and for some and, and they don't mention any names. For them to not be able to mention names right now, this is going to have to be a really really big player here in the design company in the 18A. I'm pretty I'm, I'm kind of curious to see who it is um, but we'll have to kind of take a closer look within the upcoming quarters until they mention the name. Uh, but they do mention with this kind of prepay order they now have begun to accelerate the build out of their Arizona Based on that customer prepaid. So the Arizona is great for them. And others, they they do mention that others might have difficulty in Arizona. TSMC, right? We saw TSMC kind of seeing a bit of the delays in their manufacturing plants in Arizona. Intel says, hey, look, we've done this already in the past. We know how to do it. And we're moving along in schedule. So overall, they do mention that everything is coming together and this customer prepaid really is a strong exclamation point to the momentum for 18A and the manufacturing capacity that Intel will provide. Uh, A little bit more updates, obviously, Intel 4, which is Meteor Lake, which is coming out in quarter four. This is going to be Intel's first EUV node. So if this get this right, that's going to be a huge, important technological statement. Intel seems to be moving in the right direction. Um, The other thing that's happening is they do mention that right now in the semiconductor market, there's a lot of changes changes happening, especially with the technology side in transistors. We have things like gate all around, ribbon fit, power via the backside power. Um, as well. Uh, So uh, Pat Gilslinker is saying that, hey, look, all these changes are happening and this is going to give us the opportunity to really get ahead as we try to beat all the other competitors in this market. So next, I want to talk a little bit about a question that came in here about the cost of Geographics. Obviously, Intel is building in the Eastern Hemisphere, which tends to be a little bit more expensive than the Western Hemisphere. Uh, So how is Intel going to really be able to combat that challenge of cost? So um, Intel pretty much mentions that, hey, look, we are obviously a customer of TSMC, so we know exactly what their charges are. So now I'm able to go back to my team and say, hey, look, how are we exactly able to go to... Below this cost, right? Because they need to get below those costs to even entertain some customers. And they do mention things like the US Chips Act, the ITC, which is the investment tax credit, are designed to specifically close that gap with Taiwan and Korea. Uh, So that's going to help out. The other thing is obviously this technological improvement with things like AI, machine learning, and telemetry can kind of help them grow their technology with maybe less headcount and kind of equal cost. So Intel's focusing both on incentives from the government and also technological investment. Um, So overall, the company is kind of focusing on all that and understands that, hey, they need to be in a competitive pricing point to combat against TSMC. The final thing they talk a little bit about is kind of the cultural changes happening in Intel. Um, Previously Intel and their manufacturing was kind of a same business. Uh, Pat is really trying to kind of make them different um, and kind of change that culture there because right before maybe the Intel design team would tell the Intel manufacturing team, Hey, look, we need to build this. Can you guys expedite this? But if you expedite something, you're obviously going to make the factory less efficient. The cost is going to go up. So, they are doing this cultural change where hey if you need to do something you have to do it right the first time if not it's going to increase the overall cost and i do believe that is a great move as well culture is definitely very important and i do believe that's probably going to be one of the hardest challenges for intel right now um, but i do believe they can succeed in this aspect uh, so i'm not a shareholder of intel but i do believe they are making all the right moves i'm actually I, I, I get more bullish and bullish in this company. Luckily, I am in AMD. I am in Intel. I, I mean, in NVIDIA. And I'm a lot in the semiconductor industry. So me missing out this wave right now, I don't have FOMO. But I do believe if Intel goes below 30, this is definitely a great attractive price point um, at those prices. And it's definitely hitting that throughout the past few kind of a month or so. Um, in, in May, it was at 27. So obviously, the market gives opportunity. I do believe in the long term, Intel definitely has a lot and a lot of bullish, bullish trends behind it. Um, I, I've, I've talked about them in the past, right? Um, but now I do believe this company, the the success rate is getting a lot closer, right? They're they're going to hit the, the probability of them succeeding continues to increase. And we can see that with the overall stock price. Year to date, the stock is up 36%. Um, but like I mentioned, obviously, if you have other players like I do with AMD, AMD year to date is up. Seventy percent, And obviously, NVIDIA is doing so much better. So I want to say, if you own those other companies, maybe don't let FOMO get to you. Um, I do believe Intel could give us a better buying opportunity later on. If you do have Intel right now, I do believe this company definitely can do well in the long term. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Take care, have a good day, and see you next time.